<clears throat> Welcome to The Adventures in Velagor! The following stories are collaborations inspired by the spirit of tabletop role-playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons. Our world, Valagorn, is of my own creation. My name is Blake Christ, and I will act as the dungeon narrator. Today's story takes place on Feltrorn. This far-stretching continent nearly cuts the two oceans, the Greater Maramos in the west and the Cooley in the east, apart from each other. If its people could see the continent from above, they would see what appears to be the skull of a shallow-beaked creature. The Lingua River, which empties into the Boca Sea in the west, would make its mighty maw. Upon this creature's crown, like a giant mane, is the Great Vok, the world's largest and most mysterious forest. To the people of Feltrorn, their forests are known as Forest, for along these sacred borders is where they lay their dead for their eternal sleep. Cut off from its great Vok mother by the Aju River is the Puske Forest. It is here, in this deep wood, we start our story. Unbeknownst to any creature about the surrounding trees lurks a leather-armored archer. His rough fur cow covers all his yellow hair except for his long mustache and thick goatee. On his back he carries a pack, a longbow, a quiver full of arrows, and on his hips two short swords. After every pair of carefully chosen steps, he scans his surroundings for sign of his quarry. Fighting nearby. The archer's bow is in his hand in a flash, and he runs toward the sound of a steep hill. There, far off, he sees them. A brown-haired man with the slender features of an elf, holding his own against a large orcish man. Come on, turn around. His wish granted, the elf gets the upper hand, turning his opponent to reveal the star-shaped scar on the orc's face and his twisted tusks. It's him. With the swiftness of the wind, the arrow is notched, the bow drawn and loosed, sending the missile through the impossible shot of branches and leaves and right into the orc's left shoulder. <sighs> Who's there? The elf looks over his shoulder to find the source of the arrow, giving his assailant an opening. <laughs> Frickin' a half! <coughs> Don't move. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have distracted you. I just... I want that monster dead. Do not apologize, please. I was trained better than to get distracted while engaged with an enemy. I am Panduil Harris. My name is Raphael Anastas Magoo. You can call me Raph, or Magoo. Or even Anastas, I'll answer to anything. <laughs> you must be the saint of this wood. What's that? The saint? Rumor has it that there's a protector of the Puske, who helps travelers find their way through the woods. They say he is swift as a deer. Silent as a fox, and has the eye of an eagle. The wood is thick here. Only the legendary saint could have made that shot. Oh, well, I suppose that must be me. But not any longer. Here, I have medicine for your wound. I do appreciate this, Raphael. 
I could see in your face how much you truly wish to stop Kagrak, that you know him. The archer grabs the elf's face and pulls in close, shaking with rage. Is he known outside the forest? Will he be hard to find? Panduil takes the man's wrist in hand, and Raphael cools, taking away his grip from the elf's face. Forgive me. That beast, Kagrak, he killed the only father I knew just days ago. Magoo or Hummet. To answer your question, Kagrak's spine snapper has quite a reputation as a villain in the region. He should not be hard to find. He isn't as stupid as he looks, however. He has been a part of many stories of late, and he may decide to go into hiding. Then I'd best start searching. Yet, you seem hesitant. Is it what I said about your importance to the Puske? You are receptive, Elf. Yes. Many have said that I am a perceptive one. I wish you not to worry. I live near, with my family. And, if I may offer, I could take up your diligent service as Saint Protector. You would do this for me? Yes. It's the least I could do for saving me with your medicine. Well, thank you. Now our story takes us to a young country known as Lanvurkop. Well known for its training and trade in horseflesh, the country claims a fair majority of the plains known as the Vurkop Clearance. Coming from Lanvurkop's hidden neighbor, the elven territory of Lysajued, Vashti Whisperwind has been following the Aju River out of the northern Puske. She has encountered several small towns and villages. While the woman who keeps herself except for her eyes completely covered in dark clothing prefers to go unnoticed, she has her curiosities. Here is a town much larger than she has yet encountered, but from what her mentor has told her, she will find much that are larger along her journey. The townsfolk seem to be gathering towards a tavern in the middle of town. The building sign reads, The Trotter's Trough. A slender Vashti weaves into the crowd to get a closer look. There, she sees a seemingly injured human male crawling out of the circle formed by the people. Beyond that, she sees another man, with exposed furry feet. Or are they hands? He lies against a post supporting the portico of the tavern. His arms are behind his head, and a wide-brimmed, hard-straw hat covers his face. All that sticks out from under it is a bobbing strand of wheat. Next to him, a tankard full of gold and a sign. One gold, like the monkey. Win and take the pot. The relaxed creature takes his long tail and with it grabs a gourd-made jug. The jug comes in under the hat. Yeah. A swig reveals the man's pink face and his neck and cheeks covered by thick blue-gray fur. He then uses the jug to tap his hat back over his face and sets it beside himself. Ah, very sweet. Excuse me. Vashti watches our woodsman step forward. Yeah, yeah, just put your coin in the cup and we'll begin. Oh, well, I actually had a question. Banana. Manana? What? Excuse me? Vanara, it's what I am, or am of. That's the most frequently asked question. Now, do you want to fight, or no? With a spin, Wukong is on his feet, and gives a quick jab, which Raphael deftly dodges. Oh, so you're quick! 
Wukong sends another jab into the archer's shoulder, and Raphael feels a numbness in that arm. What barbarism? But wholly entertaining. Between dodging blows and taking a few from the Venara, Raphael manages a massive uppercut, sending Wukong's hat flying. Fuck! Wow! Ah! Raphael charges while Wukong is distracted, but with a sidestep and an extension of his tail, Wukong trips the ranger. Raphael falls to his chest and slides headfirst into the post and tankard of gold. <laughs> I win! What? That's all? Yep. You fell. Them's the rules. All right, that's it for the day. Thank you, people of Gleep. I'll be here all week. Uh, but now it's drinking time. Wukong lends a hand to Raphael to help him to his feet. Without pride, the archer accepts the assistance. <laughs> Don't feel too bad. Nobody can knock me down. And that was most certainly the best fight I've had in this town. And I've been here a whole month. Why don't you join me at the trough? You can buy me around. The pair walks into the trotter's trough, and Vashti, curious how two combatants could become fast friends, follows to see how things develop. Inside the tavern we find nine tables, and of course, just beyond the main entrance is a bar. It is here that we see a woman wiping down the counter. Wukong, welcome in. As Wanda prepares the first drinks for the two men, Vashti comes to sit at the other end of the bar and silently observe them. Hello, darling. How are we today? I'm quite well, thank you. What may I serve you? Mm, I would love some water. And something to eat, please? Something without meat, if possible. I just so happen to have some roasted vegetables and cheese. Altogether, it'd be nine coppers. Oh. Oh, no. Well, I don't have any coin. I'm sorry, love, but these things cost money. Oh, I am so sorry. I'm new to this uh, way of life. I... I will leave now. Oh, no, no. Water, I most certainly can do. Oh, thank you so much. I've been traveling such a long way. Welcome to Galeep. I think you'll find most are pretty friendly around here. What's your name, young one? I am Vashti Whisperwind, but I assure you, I wouldn't be considered young by your standards. Oh, oh well, forgive me. Those with fey ancestry are hard for me to read. I shouldn't assume. Hello there, Wanda. Been some time. Why, Gunter Ficht, what brings you to town? How's that little Elit of yours been doing? <laughs> That's just the thing, really. My poor Elit. She's been missing for two whole days now. I ain't knowing what to do, so I come from the village to find some of the militia boys. I, I thought I'd come in here to make sure I's had my composure. But gods, what a wreck I am. Oh, Gunter, I'm so sorry. I'll help you, don't you worry. We'll go over to the butchery and grab Nat Daniel. He'll gather up some men. Excuse me. You don't know me, but have you any idea where your daughter might have gone? I think she might have wandered off into the Felteep Wood. Right beyond the village there. I keep on telling her not to go a-messing round in that wood. Oh, that's terrible. That poor girl. The longer away from the trail, the farther away she may be. Don't you think I know that? But I can't find her myself. These old legs wouldn't take me far, and then we'd both be gone forever. 
No one is blaming you for finding help. I'm sorry. I meant no offense. No, no, he was just saying someone ought to get started. Uh, what do you say, Ralph? Let's go looking for her. Yes, I suppose this would be a good use of my skills. Really? Y'all would help me that way? Complete strangers and all? Of course we will. Oh, we'll need another first. Um, well, let's start walking. Eventually, our friends arrive at Mr. Fick's home, a cottage adjacent to the woods in question. The road in which they follow leads up to the house and then through this patch of nature. Here is an arched trellis with roses weaving through it that the villagers built over the road in order to mark the entryway of Felteep Wood. This is it? It is so small. It's three square miles. Are you sure she is lost in there? I see clear paths. Well, ain't nobody seen her running around the village. The last I saw her, she was playing right there next to the entrance to the wood. Then I went into the house for a touch and came back to call Ellet for a meal and... When she wasn't, I, I thought she'd just gone playing with the other children. I, I went back inside to warm food. I ain't knowing if she's been eating anything. Ah, damn it. Well, it might be slow going, but let's get moving. We should go it ourselves, old one. You will slow down the search. Beg pardon? Yeah, that was freaking cold, Rafi. I'm only trying to be honest. You really think I'd let you strangers go on and look for my daughter while I do nothing? Please, Gunter, forgive his bluntness. Please think as well. Perhaps it would be best if you were to stay here, for the case that she may return while we search. Oh, I suppose I haven't thought of it that way. All right, I'll stay. I am sorry. Just... Go find her, will you? Gunter then stamps off to his home, grumbling as he does so. Look what I've found. I believe it belongs to the young Ellet. It was beyond that marker, just in the woods. In Vashti's wrapped hands lies a doll made primarily of straw. It is painted to have blue eyes and wears a dress of rough red fabric. A fine find. That is our trailhead. As they turn to pass through the flower-adorned portcullis, they see a small, dark moss-patched creature peek from behind it. Its hunched head and floppy ears turn to its right, and then to its left, where its yellow eyes meet those of our onlooking heroes. <coughs> With surprise, the creature trips into a roll and pops up on the village side of the trellis. It then reaches into the thorns, and a light like shimmering glass fills the entirety of the archway. The creature then dives through the glass with a ripple rather than a shatter. What in the nights just happened? Was that a shmoogala? Arugula? Wait, are you asking? It's one of the many fae of the Wunderwelt. Oh, really? Well, what is she talking about? I have no idea. Perhaps we should follow it. All right. Wukong runs toward the trellis and bounces back hard from the rippling glass, landing on the ground. Everybody, go around. Oh, I hurt. <laughs> the party looks around the portal and down the road through the woods. There, about thirty feet away, they see the Shmugula, rolling on the ground, laughing next to yet another portal. Raphael pulls out his bow. I don't think that'll be necessary. Should we not engage it? Yes. But I don't think it means us harm. Do you think it may have taken the child? 
More likely it led her away for a bit of fun. But if we heard it, we won't be able to ask if that were the case. As they converse, the Shmugula's long moss-covered arm reaches out from the portal behind them and grabs at the gourd on Wukong's staff. Oi, that's mine! The Shmugula pulls its arm back to itself and then takes off down the road. After it! Did you hit it, Wukong? Yeah, it tried to steal my gourd, little dick! It's just water, man! (laughs) Oh no, this is much more valuable than that. It's the last of my rice wine. You can't just get that anywhere. Besides, I made the gourd myself. They run down the roadways and soon find that they have lost the creature. The archer notches an arrow. Vashti backs up to her new friends, and Wukong rubs a rabbit's foot attached to his staff. Does anyone see them? No, not yet, but will they attack us? I think it likely. Who wants to rub my foot? Our friends have taken a spot of rest after a vicious attack from the wildlife. I found a trail. It leads away from the road, deeper into the corpse. 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 Corpse? Nice. The more I'm around you, Raph, the more I appreciate your attempted vocabulary. And I initiate you too, Kong. Thank you. Let's find this child, shall we? The trio has set down the path. Feltip Wood is like most of the Vurkop clearance, flat, making traversing between its trees tolerable. The foliage is quite dense in places, however, and Raphael uses one of his short swords to bat away thorny branches as quietly as possible. Their quarry is small, quick, and a natural denizen of the woodland, and due to the group's respite has gained a commanding lead. They hike for over an hour. The sun has retreated. Only slight moon and starlight trickle through the canopy, and the trio has forgotten the sound of their own voices, replacing them with the chirps of crickets and forest frogs. By the flipping gods, I'm bored, guys. You've startled me, Wukong. Sorry, but we gotta talk or something. This is too much. We are trying to keep our presence conspicuous. In... Inconspicuous, sir. In, out, wherever we go, we should be quiet. Oh no, we can play a game. Hush. I spy something dark and... Wukong. Green. Can't you hear that? Hear what? Hush. Go away, yuck monster. Okay, I heard that. Quickly now. The creature may harm the girl. But that doesn't make much sense. Before Raphael can listen to what the wise Vashti may say, he rushes through the thicket to an opening where he can see the Shmugula and a little girl with a red-hooded cloak. Both have their backs to the archer's position. The mossy thing reaches its long arm towards the child, and Vashti catches up to Raphael as he looses an arrow. The warning shot lands at the Shmugula's feet before its long gray fingers could touch the red fabric of the cloak. Gwa, gwa, Ellie, gwa! The creature jumps about and quickly darts away into the trees. The child stands there with her back remaining towards the party. Do not be afraid, child. We are encroaching. Where did you guys go? It's all right, Ellet. We're here to take you home. Ellet? Yes, please take me home. Raphael and Vashti step closer. 
As they do, the little girl turns, head over shoulder first, with her body to follow. And on her face they see a wide, tooth-missing smile, and empty white eyes peeled open to their extreme. Take me home, Mommy, Daddy. Yeah, um, I am not your daddy. Hey, guys, oh my dear God! What's wrong with her? Ellet, your daddy is Gunter Ficht. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah. Take me home to daddy, please. I don't think this is the little girl we were looking for. A childlike entity's smile shifts to a scowl. Yes, yes I am. I'm Ellie Fix, like you said. Take me home to Gunner. I'll be a good, good girl, I promise. I've got a horrible feeling about this. I'm sorry, little one, but I think you are not Ellet at all. Sadly, I think you are lying to us. I am not alive! A flame, blue and without heat, seems to rise from the hooded child. Yellow pigtails start to shake under red fabric, and the girl's small body lifts from the ground. You take that back! You take it back right now! I'm not a liar! I'm Ellet Fix! Say it! Say it! Say it! Oh, Vashti, what are you angering spirits like that for? You say I'm Ellet Fix right now, covered lady! I will not. Because you're not Ellet. Maybe if you tell us your real name, then maybe we can help you. No! I want to be Ellet! She's nice and pretty and happy. You will tell them I'm Ellet. Do it or I'll have to hurt you. I'm sorry. We can't do that. The spirit child rises higher into the air, and the blue flame rages. And an arrow shoots just between the girl's neck and red hood, leaving a hole as it flies off. Raphael, don't! For a sliver of a second, the entity's eyes flash blue, and a look of concern comes over its face. But both are quickly washed over by the familiar pale visage. A smile forms. Oh no! You don't want to hurt Ellet, do you? Poor little girly! <laughs> as she laughs, the spirit flies in a spiral around her, reaching higher into the canopy. While she floats by, the ground shakes at the party's feet, and long-forgotten bones reveal themselves as they neatly stack back into their old familiar configurations. Now three fleshless figures with sword and shield, spear and bow, march toward our heroes. Fuck this noise! The Venara rushes in and swings the cord end of his staff, which is caught by the creature's shield. Wukong uses his momentum to twist into a spindle that sends the skeleton's jaw into the woods. In retaliation, a sword comes down towards Wukong, but our skilled martial artist bats it away with his staff. You don't need to do this, child. As the skeleton with the bow sends an arrow towards Vashti, Raphael shoots it square at its empty eye socket. Its head rolls to the ground and its bones crumble, but its arrow still finds its mark in Vashti's arm. The priestess pulls the arrow from her bicep and a white sack soaks her sleeve. We do not want to hurt you, little one. Speak for yourself. I don't think she will respond to reasoning, Vashti. The third skeleton lunges forward, loosing its spear, which lands in the front of Raphael's hip. The archer steps backwards and slides down a trunk to sit amongst the roots of a tree. The skeleton then swoops up the dropped bowl of its crumbled compatriot. Meanwhile, Wukong cracks his staff into his combatant's shoulder hard enough for it to drop the entirety of its arm. Then another kick, this time into the shield, forcing the skeleton to stumble back against a tree trunk, bursting its ribcage and vertebrae into a dispersed pile. Wukong then rolls and springs toward the remaining foe. Raphael! Paywall, help him. As Raphael rings in agony, suddenly his pain subsides, 
but yet there is a spear in his hip. He reaches for the weapon shaft just as an arrow meant for his chest squarely sinks into its wood. Vibrations quake down the spear into Raphael's hip, and there is the pain again. After the arrow is fired, Wukong fires a projectile of his own. His dart glances off the side of the assailant's skull. An eyeless hole snapped the stereo. Wukong jumps into a leaping double kick. What else you got? Wow, your friends are strong. Fine covered lady, I'll tell you my name. I'm Tanya Tisht, but I still don't think you can help me, so I'm keeping Ellet. Tanya, that's a lovely name. Now, I'm sure there is some way Okay, we... I'm done playing with you. Bye! With that, the spirit child rockets off into the wood. Little spirit girl lands, takes one last look about, and enters a hidden entrance in the pile of rocks. Dark, damp places. Yeah. How did this rope get under this wall? Oh, it's a door, silly. Silly? Fuck you, Raph. Yes, I think I can fix it. All three, with varying degrees of effort, turn the wheel, and to some of their surprise, the stone actually rises. If we let go, it should hold itself. One, two, three. They let go, and yes, the giant rock remains suspended. Well done, Raphael. Well, thank you. Now hurry through. Gods know if it'll hold. They step through the passage and down some solid stairs untouched by time. With the remaining light from the next room, they see that the walls of this new chamber are lined with five stone sarcophagi. As the stone curtain drops behind them, suddenly a candle from a wall sconce lights itself. Then one by one, all the candles in the room begin to burn. And floating in front of the tombs are six spectral beings staring back at the trio. Look, it's all of hopes! Save us, Paul. Please, please. You mustn't fear from us. Wukong, Raphael, they are not showing hostility toward us. Let us calm ourselves and listen. Let us introduce ourselves. Perhaps that will ease this tension. I am Kayleen Koktana. My journey name, Trenton Vicina, and these three are Greya, Maraton, and Jeeves, my apprentices. And I am Alex Wata. We have come here for good reason, Madame Kaptana. This we know. Tanya, come out here, child. From behind a stone tomb sulks in the body of Ellet Ficht. What? Young one, you must let go of this little girl, body and soul. But I want to be alive again. Please don't make me Kayleen. I know, sweetheart. Can you tell us why you want to be alive so badly? Because I miss mother and father, and I want to play with my brother again, even though he is mean sometimes. I see. Now, don't you think this child would miss her family too if you were to take her place? Maybe. Tanya. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, covered lady. You can have that back. The room quakes, and the candlelight flickers as Tanya's ghost rips itself out of the living child's body, and the two shriek in unison. Finally, Alet is free of this possession. Her exhausted body crumbles toward the ground, but Vashti is there to catch her before the crash. She now sleeps soundly in the priestess's arms.
I'm sorry. Can I, I go, go now? now? Yes, Tanya, you, you may go. The little ghost girl then flies off into a wall. Poor Tanya, stuck for eternity with the understanding of a child. She was a later addition to our lost family, but relatively recent. Like, how recent? Time passes strangely for us, but less than a human lifetime. In fact, we had hoped to implore you to help her. It is almost certainly too late for us to finish what business keeps us here, but for Tanya, perhaps there's still someone out there that wonders what has happened to her. This is something we could ask around for, right? Only if it doesn't keep me from my goals. Well, where am I? Oh. Who are you? Where's my daddy? Oh, poor Elliot. My name is Vashti Whisperwind. It's, it's all right. Your father sent us to find you. Find me? Can, can we go home now? Yeah, kiddo. Let's get out of here. This was a compression of episodes one through three of the story of the Fuku. The adventures in Valagorn would not be possible without its wonderful and talented cast, all of whom do this work for free. Greg Callahan as Raphael Anastas Magoo. Blake Christ as the dungeon narrator and Gula the Shmugula. Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwind. Sarah Daly as Colleen Koptana. Tanya Tisht and Wanda Fwint. Kenneth Glynn as Alet Ficht and Pai Show Wukong. Ken Mann as Trenton Vicina. Jeff Porter as Mallet Wataw. And Christopher Sims as Gunter Ficht and Panduil Harris. Direction by Blake Christ. Editing by Blake Christ and Jeff Porter. Thank you all for listening.